What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht. I am your host here at the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. It is great to have you with us. And today, as normally, I'm going to be diving right into the topic. Who here loves cold calling? Raise your hand if you are one of those strange, weird, wacky people out there who says they love to do cold calls. If that's you, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't think too many people like leaving uh, voice messages. I don't think too many people like making cold calls. I don't think too many people like prospecting overall. Frankly, prospecting is hard. It's hard work. It's difficult. And not too many people, insurance producers, really enjoy prospecting. You might enjoy talking to people face-to-face. You might enjoy going to networking events, but the very idea of prospecting very often is not something that really gets our juices flowing. And if there's one thing that many insurance producers don't like most about prospecting, it's the idea of making cold calls. Most insurance producers don't like it. I don't necessarily particularly enjoy doing cold calling, but I also know that it's effective. It's effective if you do certain things. In this episode today, we're going to be talking about the best cold call voice message that you can leave. The best cold call voice message that you can leave. All right, so cold calling works. If anyone told you that it's dying or that it's dead or that it doesn't work, frankly, they're wrong. Usually the people who say that it's because they don't like to do it or they themselves don't do it. It's not that it's dead. It might just not work for them because maybe they're doing it wrong, incorrectly, or maybe just not even at all. The fact is, is that prospecting works. And before I dive even into the voice message, I want to ask you, what is your prospecting strategy? Do you actually have a strategy for your prospecting? And by strategy, I mean, do you have at least a three-prong approach to your prospecting strategy? By that, I mean, do you have three ways in which you prospect? Your number one way, your number two way, your number three way. Those are your three-prong approach to prospecting. If you don't have it, you're probably not doing a very good job in your prospecting. The follow-up is number two and number three. Your best way in which to prospect, your strength, the best way that you are prospecting where you get great results is your number one way. The follow-up is number two and number three. And it's quite likely that you're going to have telephone calls there somewhere and when you're talking to a prospect. 
And it might be that the cold call is your number one. It might be that cold calling is number three. It might be that it's number five and you get to it eventually. But it does work. Maybe you're really good at email or maybe you're really good at social media. Hint, if you're not that great at LinkedIn, I'm actually setting up LinkedIn strategy um, and an actual program to teach you how to do it. Email me at charles at permission group if you want 50% access very soon. LinkedIn strategy for insurance agents. But getting back to it, you might be into social media. You might be into networking events. Maybe you are really good at doing walk-in visits. Maybe that's your thing. But the fact of the matter is that the telephone works. The telephone is always going to be there. People are walking around holding one of these in their hands, in their pocket. I'm holding my cell phone here. People have them with them at all times. Many times they are sitting there looking at it. I travel a lot right now on airplanes. And man, when you go to the airport, if you don't see people looking at their phone, it is weird. Lots of people are using it. Text messaging, telephone calls, and so forth. But we're talking now about voice messages. And so let's deal with the first issue. Do you or should you leave a voice message? Hmm. The answer to this question is yes, I do feel that you should. It also is depending upon what your message is because you want to have a good message. One of the reasons why people say that you shouldn't leave a voice message is because they say, well, it's irrelevant. People delete it. They don't listen to it. Um, Or maybe it just takes too much time. And I get it. If it's a poor voice message, you're right. Expect it to get deleted. Um, Also, don't expect a huge return in regards to people calling you back because of the voice message that you left. However, that is if you're leaving poor voice messages. If you leave a good voice message, they are probably going to respond in one way or another. Not a huge percentage, but you're going to get a great ROI, a great return on your investment. But also, do not be one of those people that just ramble on in a voice message. What a waste of time. Expect it to get deleted. Be quick. Be persistent. Be fast. Concise. And then hang up. Your voice message should probably be somewhere between like 15 and 20 seconds long, max. You're you're going to have to mention your telephone number at least twice at the very beginning of the message, maybe at the very end of the message, so that they know exactly how to get back to you. Sometimes when you're talking, they don't really even understand one of the uh, numbers you said, and so you need to say it a second time so that they can get the gist of it. But I want you to understand, prospecting is a numbers game. Selling insurance is not a numbers game. Selling insurance is a relationship game. Prospecting is a numbers game. In other words, how many people are you actually contacting? How many are you reaching out to? How many cold calls are you making in a day, in a week, in a month, in a quarter? That is a numbers game. But also there's the numbers game on how many seconds it's taking you to actually do it. Because if you can only knock out 15 cold calls in an hour, you're not going to get as good a results as if you're knocking out 21 cold calls in an hour. Right? So it comes down to a numbers game. We want to be able to do it as concisely as possible. I say don't spend too much time on, on discovery beforehand. People say they want to spend a lot of time on discovery. Well, what you're really telling me is that you're, you're afraid to actually make the phone calls. That's what you're saying. Um, you can make discovery after. You can, once you set up the appointment, you can, you can do all the discovery you want after. But don't waste too much time. You want to be able to do as many calls as you possibly can in a small amount of time. That's going to help you get more results in the long run. For example, let's say cold calling was just your main thing. Well, if you're normally making 15 phone calls in an hour because you're rambling on too much and you're leaving really long voice messages and so forth, uh, too much time in between, imagine if you can just do 20 
Instead, what if you can kick that up? Well, it's a 25% increase. Therefore, it should equate to a 25% increase in appointments you have over the course of a year. And hopefully a 25% in increase in new business and ex- ex- uh, additional revenue, commission coming in. Prospecting is a numbers game. Transitioning that prospecting into clients, that's a relationship game. So we're talking about voice messages. I would say you want to leave voice messages. That's my personal opinion. There are others who say that you that you shouldn't waste your time. I see pros and cons to both of them. I personally choose to leave voice messages. I feel that it is important. It also allows me to get a little bit of a, an extra point of contact to the person that I'm trying to reach out to. Um, and so I will do that. But let me just you know also say this. Leaving a voice message should be the last ditch effort on that cold call, especially if you're talking to a gatekeeper, okay? A receptionist, somebody who's screening the phone call. Um, If you're trying to get in contact with Bob, because Bob is the actual business owner, he's the decision maker, if, you know, the receptionist says that Bob isn't there, um, I would ask that receptionist as many questions as I possibly can before I leave a a voice message for him. Because I'm going to leave a voice message. I might as well just try and ask some simple information, uh, questions rather, to get some information before I go into voicemail. So if I call, I'm trying to get in contact with Bob. The receptionist, she says, Bob isn't here. And I'll say, well, you know, would I be able to leave him a voice message? Is he around? Yeah, you could do that. Well, tell you what, um, I'll ask a couple of questions first, you know, such as like, you know, I'm calling about the insurance. I don't really know, you know, exactly if if Bob is the right one to handle that. Um, you know, who's the person that would deal with that? Is it Bob? It is Bob. Okay, great. You know, the one of the last things I want to do is like waste Bob's time. Um, I usually want to give them a call like around the time their insurance renews. So do you know when your insurance policies come up for renewal? Uh-huh. Okay, great. And um, you know, tell you what, and I know sometimes like leaving voice messages, they, they just get deleted and so forth. I can probably send Bob an email about the information. That way he has it. He can take a look at it. If he wants to move forward with it, he can. What's Bob's email address? Uh-huh. Okay, great. Yeah, you know what? And I also know like for a lot of people, like they're out and about, they're just doing different things. And, and people usually respond better just even like on their cell phone. Um, I can probably send them a text message or maybe just give them a call on a cell. What's the cell phone number? I'm usually going to ask those three questions. I want to ask the question to find out if I can get their X date. I want to find out if Bob's the right guy. See if I can get Bob's email address and if I can get Bob's cell phone number. I want those three things. I want those three things. I'm going to leave a voice message here in just a moment, but I want to try and get those three things before I just go into voicemail, right? Um, you can probably do a lot of other things. Maybe ask the receptionist who's the agent, which insurance carrier you're with. You know, do you like it? Um, if you're if you're calling on uh, health benefits. You know what? Great opportunity to talk to one of the employees about the health benefits program. Do they like it? You know, are, are, are she really utilizing the health benefits pr- program? Is the premium too high? Um, you know, are the deductible too high? It's out of control. What if I could provide something to your to your owner that actually like lowered your out of pocket expenses? Would that be helpful? You know what? Have that conversation with the receptionist because if you do that, he or she is probably going to be a little bit more motivated to get you in contact with the right person. So. Always try and look at it from the perspective of how can I help this person? What can I say that's going to sort of flip the, flip the scenario here so that I'm not merely somebody who's soliciting, but someone who's offering value? Now let's get back to the heart of the issue. So you're speaking to the receptionist. You know that Bob's not around. She's going to allow you to leave a voicemail. 
I say you should, but before that, ask those questions and try and get information. That's frankly the discovery you need. When's the X date? Um, what's Bob's email address? What's Bob's cell phone number? You might get it, you might not. Frankly, it is amazing how many times you can get a cell phone number from somebody. Frankly, it is amazing. But you gotta ask. You'll never get what you don't ask for, that's for sure. But now we're gonna get to the heart of the issue. An actual cold call voice message. So, try to keep it short. Try to keep it sweet. Try to keep it appealing. You cannot spend time on this voicemail voice message talking about yourself or your agency or your people or your appointments. You need to have, first and foremost, that cold call carrot. You need to have something that is going to be so tantalizing, so appealing, so mouth-watering that the person's going to want to respond somehow, okay? Somehow and somehow quickly. I'm not going to talk about the cold call carrot right now. We may talk about it more in the future. I have actually done episodes on it in the past. Go back and check it out. But the cold call carrot is the reason that they would respond to you. It is the thing that you're going to say that's going to make them say, hmm, I want to know a little bit more about that. I guess I'll give this person a call back. Your cold call carrot can change from time to time. It can be different from business to business. It can change over the course of time depending upon what type of policy you're going after. Mine... Uh, back even when I was an agent, changed regularly depending upon what I was trying to sell. Towards the last quarter of my career as an insurance agent, I really focused a lot on captives. And so my, my cold call carrot was really focused upon captives. I might talk about that a little bit now here, even as I maybe give you some examples on what your cold call carrot or frankly your voice message could sound like, but you need to come up with yours. It needs to be it needs to be not about you. It needs to be about the value that you provide to your prospect. It needs to not be about you. It needs to be what's the trophy that your prospect gets if they actually contact you. They call you back, right? Now, with regards to this episode, which is, again, titled The Best Cold Call Voice Message, I don't think there is a best cold call voice message. I think there is one that works. And if it works, then keep it up. But the th problem is that cold calling is really based upon luck. Trying to get the person at the right times. So hopefully they're in the office, not on vacation. Maybe they're not in the middle of payroll and so forth. It's, uh, the timing of it is a little bit on luck. Your message might resonate with some people and it might not resonate with other people. Uh, maybe some people you're calling on don't have a problem with their, their insurance agent whatsoever. So maybe it's going to be a little bit more difficult to find a cold call carrot that works for them. Maybe some people you're calling on are really hurting right now because of the insurance. Uh, maybe they got a notice of non-renewal. Non maybe their experience modification factor was published and went up 42 points and now they're going to be paying through the nose. It just kind of depends upon a lot of things, which is why it's a numbers game from the standpoint of prospecting. You're trying to do it more consistently and you're trying to really provide value you so that they'll respond to you. And so, I'm again, I'm not going to get too much into a lot of the different types of messaging that you might use, but I'm going to give you some examples of maybe what the best cold call voice message might sound like. First, nobody cares what agency you're from. You don't even have to mention it. They don't care. Just tell them you're an insurance agent. Your insurance agency doesn't matter. For all intents and purposes, there's no such thing as an insurance agency that's a household name. Nobody, for the most part, your prospects probably haven't heard of your agency. 
most insurance buyers out there haven't heard of Marsh or Aon or Gallagher. They just, they're not household names. There's no such thing as a household name for an insurance agency. Um, I would say probably don't waste time talking about your agency, mentioning it even, unless you know, you're going to offer something that is like a tremendous value. We're the, you know, the, the 75th largest insurance broker you know, in the United States of America. We are the largest broker here in the state of Idaho. Whatever it is, you're, if you're going to throw out something like that, you know, it has to be obviously true, correct, ethical, but it has to be something that also is going to like provide to the conversation, maybe give some, um, some power behind the statement that you're having to offer. But it doesn't need to be about your insurance agency. You definitely are going to be talking about insurance. You're going to mention your insurance agent. But I would tell you that you're, like anything else, you're prospecting. Your cold call voice message needs to be micro-niched. If you're calling on plumbing subcontractors, call about the insurance program you're talking about for plumbing subcontractors. If you're calling about um, staffing companies, then you're talking about an insurance program that you have specific for staffing companies. That's going to be a goal. You're trying to get the person to realize that this is something for them. Then you hit them with the carrot almost immediately. Um almost immediately hit them with the carrot. That carrot is probably going to be two-sided. At least that's what I usually coach people. One side might be price sensitive because people can understand that. That is one thing that every insurance buyer does understand about their insurance program is that it costs money and it costs too much money. That's the problem with insurance. It just costs money and it costs too much money. They get that. That's one side of the coin, however. That's one side of the carrot. The other side of the carrot is going to be the thing that might differentiate you. It's going to be the thing that separates you from the rest of the competition. It's going to be potentially maybe a service you offer or an attended trophy, the outcome, the end result of a particular service that you provide to the plumbing subcontractor, and that's only for plumbing subcontractors. right? So you're going to hit them with that carrot, and then you're going to ask them to give you a call back so that you can begin pre-qualifying them for the program. Okay, um, you might even like mention that you're going to follow it up with an email, and so they can respond either by giving you a call back or responding by the email. Okay, so first, I'm going to give you an example of maybe what you could say if yours was a little bit more price driven. Okay, maybe if yours was a little bit more price driven. Again, I'm, I'm going to probably look at this from the standpoint of maybe a captive. Okay, and if you guys don't know what captives are, um, look it up. Group captive. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Um, definitely takes you to the next level if you start talking about that. All right, so maybe here's an example of what it might be. Hello, Bob. My name is Charles. I actually manage an insurance program for plumbing subcontractors like yourself. Why this one is so different is because it has the potential to give you back up to 55% of your premium that you pay every year if you have no losses. Or whatever your losses are, they deduct that from the amount. But let's say you're paying $100,000 for your annual insurance. If we could give you back up to $55,000, that's what the value of this program is for plumbing subcontractors. That's why I'm giving you a call. My name is Charles. I represent this program here at the agency. I'd love to be able to talk to you about it. You can reach me at 555-555-5555. Again, my name is Charles. This is about the insurance program for plumbing subcontractors. It gives you back up to 55% of your premium. 555-555-5555. Talk to you soon. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. So don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. 
For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. And by the way, tell them Charles sent you. So that might be an example of what my voice message would be. Trying to make it as concise as possible. Not trying to waste too much time because as soon as I hang up, I have to move on to the next call. i got to start dialing. I don't want a lot of, a lot of uh, wasted time there while I'm doing cold calling. right? I want to be able to like, go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one. So we have to actually do that. So whatever your cold call carrot is, you want to hit that. Okay. So like even as I left that voice message just now, um, some of the main parts of it were I was giving them a call about an insurance program for plumbing subcontractors. Okay, um, I go, told them the value. Um, it, it's up to 55% return premium based upon their losses. There's more that's to it and so forth. Um, you know, If I actually like wrote it down, I probably might word it slightly differently. But that was the gist of it. I kept it, tried to, tried to keep it as concise as possible. Um, you know, Gave them the carrot, gave them the telephone number to give me a call back. Period. Hang up. Now I want to give you maybe an example of one that you might use, for example, if you knew some already pain that they have. Uh, maybe you're tracking experience modification factors and you know that this particular account either already has a debit mod or maybe they just got, uh, their mod was just published and so you know what it is. Uh, but let's say, for example, I'm going to call on an account and they've got an X mod of 1.13. And for those of you who aren't familiar with how this sort of works, is that an XMOD, when an account has an XMOD, um, 1.0 means they are basically average when it comes to like their claims and size um, for their type of industry in their state for accounts that are of their size. Okay, So if a plumbing subcontractor had a 0.9, uh, they're receiving 10% credit off their workers' compensation premium. They're saving 10% compared to the rest of the competition that's out there. Um, in the example I'm going to use here, 1.13, then a person is or a business is paying 13% more than they might be receiving or paying, rather, if they had a 1.0 X mod. So they're paying 13% more than their competition in their state around the same size as them. Okay? So that's very kind of general how it, how it actually works. So let's say I'm calling on an account that's got a, a debit mod. I might say, by the way, remember, I said there's no best, best voice message out there. There's one that works. So this might be what my voice message would sound like if I was calling in regards to a debit mod. Hey, Bob, Charles here. I'm calling uh, for our plumbing subcontractor program that, that, uh, that we have. And the reason I'm calling is because I saw that your X mod is at 1.13. That means that you're paying about... 13% more than your competition. I assume that probably isn't something that is uh, that you're wanting to do, something that's not acceptable to you. I have something that could potentially lower your XMOD um, significantly. We're doing that right now for a number of our clients. It's going down from uh, 1.13 down to example for 0.97, an actual savings of about 16%. We're actually doing that for a lot of our, co our companies right now that are clients. And this is what the, the reason I'm giving you a call is because it's specific for plumbing subcontractors. I want to talk to you about this particular loss control program that's lowering X mods. Give me a call back, 555-555-5555. Again, my name is Charles. I'm calling about this plumbing insurance program, 555-555-5555. All right, so that might be another one. 
Again, I'm just kind of rattling this off the top of my head as I'm just going through here. I don't have anything written down. Everything's just off the top of my head. If I was going to go through that, I would probably edit it a little bit more. And you know what? This is a, maybe just another thing to kind of mention here when you're doing your cold calling. You're probably always going to be pivoting. You're always going to be editing based upon what works and what doesn't work. But you got to come up with something that is for you, the best cold call voice message, right? What is the reason you're giving them a call? It has to provide some kind of a value. It has to show them you know, what the trophy is if they actually contact you back. Now, I want to give you an example of a bad, a bad voice message that most insurance agents tend to actually leave out there. And if this sounds like you, well, then smack your hand and stop right now and come up with something that's going to be better. Here's what many do when they leave a voice message. Hi, Bob. My name is Charles Specht. I'm actually contacting you from ABC Insurance Agency um, here in uh, Podunk, Idaho, in the United States of America. We're actually an insurance agency, and we've been in business for about 23 years. You know, we do really well for our clients. We uh, actually have a lot of clients that we service. Uh, we represent most of the main carriers out there that are very competitive. In fact, we've even got a number of people who work for us who are really good at servicing, very good at processing certificates of insurance and so forth. And you know what? I'd love to be able to... to to get in contact with you, see if we can meet. I want to learn a little bit about your business, uh, maybe even offer you a quote from one of our competitive carriers and maybe save you some money. So if you wouldn't mind, if you got some time, you'll give me a call back. Uh, again, my name is Charles. You can reach me over at 555-555-5555. Love to have a chance to speak with you. We probably have a lot of clients who you know of uh, because we've been, as I said, in business for a little over 20 years. So again, love to talk to you. Give me a call back when you have a chance. Thanks. Uh, sadly, that's probably what a voice message sounded like when you recently left one. If it is, stop. Just stop. You don't have to do that anymore. Come up with something that is going to work for you. Keep it concise. Keep it Keep it. Um, keep it very targeted for the end result trophy for them. Okay. Now you might also be saying, but Charles, you don't understand. Um, I own a very small agency, and we don't have much, you know, to offer for services. Or you might be saying, Charles, we're just from a, a smaller agency here, you know, and we don't really have anything special. We just we've got a few carriers, and you know, we've got some people, but I don't, I don't think they're anything you know special compared to other people. Uh, yep, that's where most insurance agents are at today. So what you have to do is leave a voice message that might be focused on the main thing that's a, a huge a pain for them, a problem area. Whatever the problem is, focus on that. Again, your cold call carrot could probably be two-sided. One side is going to be price-driven. The other side is going to be service-oriented. You will always have a better cold call carrot when you have both sides. However, if you feel like you don't really have anything or you haven't been able to like figure out what it is yet, then I would say your cold call carrot needs to be micro-niched and it needs to be price sensitive. That's okay. Let's say, for example, they respond positively to the price sensitive uh, one and they call you back because they want to quote. Great. 
Once you're meeting with them at the appointment, you're not probably going to be talking about price, 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 price. You're going to be talking about whatever you normally talk about when you go to an appointment. You're going to be trying to uncover pains, problems, and so forth, presenting your timeline of services and going for the jugular by asking for the broker of record letter. Prospecting is a numbers game. Prospecting is not selling. Prospecting has one goal, to set the appointment, period. Set the appointment, shut your mouth, hang up the phone, move on to the next one. That's what prospecting is about. But the, the message might be focused on price. So maybe if you're looking for another type of uh, message that you could leave, a voice message, maybe it might sound like this. Now, here's one that I have used very often, and I feel that it actually works pretty good. You're going to notice that what I do in this price voice message is that I really focus on price, but I not only talk about it as a potential um, premium savings from a percentage statement uh, percentage basis, but I will also then turn it around into that dollar amount, a potential dollar amount. Now, I don't know what you should use for your percentage of potential savings. You have to be able to come up with a number that you feel could legitimately work, okay? Um, my script, if you will, for my other part of my consulting company, Constructive Risk, is 55% because that's the most I've ever saved one client. So I would say to you that because you don't know anything really about these accounts before you get into them, you don't know, you know maybe which carrier they're with, you don't know if they are a profitable company, if they have the worst loss runs on this side of the Mississippi, you don't know if they are ethical, immoral, you don't know if they're a week or two of going out of business. I mean, you just don't know anything about these companies yet. And so I would tell you that you prospect from a worst case scenario to a best case scenario. Think about it. If the account was with a terrible um, carrier that just had poor, you know, poor forms and just wasn't very competitive, maybe they're in surplus lines and you potentially could put them in something that is a standard carrier that's the most competitive out there. How much potential premium savings could you save them? I would normally tell you that on a worst case scenario, at least 35%. Okay. Worst case scenario to a best case scenario. Another issue then is if you were to put together a superior submission versus a bare bones submission, how much additional uh, credit do you think you might receive on your better submission rather than a bare bones? I would tell you that probably somewhere between 5 and 15%. I normally say around 10 to 11% if it's done right. Uh, many underwriters have also confirmed with me, yep, that's about it. If you have a better submission, you're going to get a lower price. The third issue here now is if you're trying to figure out a percentage, if you've ever gone back after you've gotten a quote, you've shown it to your, your prospect and they say, hey, I just got my quote from my other agent and it's you know it's seven grand less than yours, um, you might say something like, well, hold on, let me go back to my underwriter and see if I can get it lowered a little bit more. And so you go back to your underwriter and say, hey, we've got competition on this, they got another quote, you know, I'm calling to find out if you have some more room. Can you lower it down by you know, uh, maybe $9,000? Uh, many times, underwriters pad their they're quotes. Go figure. Um, they're trying to sell insurance for the most amount of premium possible. Your job is to try to help the insured pay the least amount possible uh, to competing areas. And so uh, they usually have room to lower it down. They have padding. And I would probably tell you, uh, sky's the limit on this, depending upon what type of an account it is and if it's surplus lines or standard. But I would tell you there's at least about another 10%, all things being equal. So if you just add up the 35 and the 10 and the 10, I mean, that's best case scenario, 55%. I personally don't have a problem with that. You come up with a number that you feel comfortable with. I'm not here to tell you yes or no, right or wrong. It's just that you have to come up with your number. But let's go with 55% at least from this example. Okay? Here's what a voice message might sound like. 
Hello, Bob. My name is Charles. I'm actually calling you about an insurance program that I am managing here at our agency. It is for plumbing subcontractors like yourself. Now, the carrot here, Bob, is that it's upwards of 55% less expensive than most of the carriers out there writing plumbing subcontractors. Now, I don't know exactly how much you're paying for insurance, but let's just say you are paying a million dollars a year for all your policies, general liability, auto, workers' compensation, and so forth. 55% would save you $550,000 in our insurance program. It's a considerable savings. I want to come and meet with you to talk about it and see if I can begin qualifying you for the 55% savings. So give me a call when you have a chance. 555-555-5555. Again, my name is Charles calling about the 55% savings for plumbing subcontractors. 555-555-5555. Thanks. And that might be it. Why I kind of like that price part is because I've mentioned it three times in that particular voice message. I mentioned it the first time for the 55%. I then switched it around to a dollar amount so that people can understand we're talking about real money here. And then I talked to him again about trying to you know, pre-qualify you for the program and the upwards of 55%. So that's you know maybe a, a way in which to use a voice message to try and gain some interest. And by the way, here's a little sort of parenthesis around this, is that why I feel it's also important to restate the carrot. And for example, in that just previous one, the 55%, I stated it three times. It's because as soon as they realize that this voice message is from an insurance agent, they'd stop listening to you in the same way that a receptionist stopped listen, listen, listening to you when they realize, oh, it's another one of those sales calls. Or it's the reason why your, your business owner tunes you out as soon as they realize, oh, it's another insurance agent Give me a call. They start thinking, do I want to talk to this person? Should I just hang up? Or maybe I'll just wait until they stop talking and then I'll hang up or tell them I'm not interested. Um, you know, do I really want to do this? I'm kind of like I'm busy right now with payroll. And so the thing is, is that they start thinking about how to get off the telephone with you and you're sitting there talking. Okay, So they might miss your cold call carrot the first time. They might miss it even the second time, which is why we need to restate it. Because whatever it is that you're throwing out there, whatever is your bait and in order to try and set the appointment, it has to be so good that they wouldn't want to miss out on it. And so you want to continue to reemphasize it because it's the main thing that would cause them to want to meet with you. So that cold call carrot, very, very important. I would love to hear from you. Uh, maybe even shoot me an email, charles at permissiongroup.com, and just let me know like what your message is. What do you think your message is? And um, if you email it to me, keep it a paragraph or less, and then I'll try and respond to you, maybe give you a couple of pointers or at least my thoughts on it, what works, what it doesn't work, and so forth, and we'll kind of go from there. So hopefully it'll be able to help you out in your prospecting. But again, the best cold call voice message, which is the name of this episode, it's a misnomer because there is no best voice message, voicemail message. The best one is the one that works for you. My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Sales. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. <laughs>